It's almost impossible to talk about parenting our kids today without discussing digital technology. It's everywhere and it's always on, influencing our children and our families in ways we'd rather not talk about. But the influence goes well beyond our interaction with our kids. It's uh, affecting how we interact and relate with our spouses, too. Yet in spite of the familial, social, relational, and yes, even cultural changes digital technology has influenced, perhaps of greatest concern is what it's actually doing to our thought processes and to our brain chemistry. Attitudes, behaviors, our views of the world, and how we raise our kids have all been affected by it. So next, we'll be taking a look at how to fend off the dangers of the digital invasion. That's next on License to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential treatment program for teens in crisis. Our goal on License to Parent, to export what we learn inside the gates of Shepherds Hill, to take it outside to help equip you as a parent be the kind of parent God intended you to be. Our host on License to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill Academy, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And uh, Trace, as we often say here on License to Parent, digital technology can be used as an incredible tool for good. However, <laughs> just like anything else, a tool for good can also be used as a weapon for evil. And it seems to be a weapon that we're pointing at ourselves these days. Mm. And we're teaching our kids through our own actions to do the same. So that means that when it comes to parenting our kids... We've got to be sure that we make the most of digital technology as a tool for good while limiting our kids' ability to use it as a weapon for evil. That's exactly right, Rich. Uh, I think there's been an incredible naivety on the part of many, uh, dare I say, most parents who, who think that they can just carte blanche, dole out these devices to their kids with no limits or restrictions and expect the best from their kids. But you know, there's a reality called our sin nature that's beginning to make more parents wise up to the fact that our, our, our kids are capable of some pretty heinous things with respect to digital technology. And that's why we have a, uh, a guest today who's going to you know, walk us through some of the things that can help us do a better job of navigating the minefield of today's digital invasion. Yep, and today's guest has been very influential on the work that's done here every day at Shepherd Hill Academy. Uh, Dr. Sylvia Hart-Fried is a popular speaker, an author, and a counselor. She has her master's degree specializing in counseling and a doctorate in leadership. She is certified in internet addiction and recovery coaching. Uh, she happens to be a presenter at the American Association of Christian Counselors World and National Conferences and is a featured contributor to their Life Coach Training DVDs. Uh, her book, by the way, which she co-authored with her father, Dr. Archibald Hart, is The Digital Invasion, How Technology is Shaping You and Your Relationships. Uh, Sylvia is rather passionate about helping people redeem real life and relationships and uh, she's also published a workbook called Overcoming Digital Addictions, a Digital Wellness Plan. Uh, Sylvia and her husband, uh, Russ, have been married for 30 years, and they have three children, ages 25, 22, and 19. And those are the credentials That's we right. look for most in That's having guests on License to Parent. <laughs> well, Sylvia, welcome back to the License to Parent broadcast. It's a pleasure to have you back. Thank you, Trace and Rich. It's great to be talking with you today. Well, Sylvia, I think more and more people are starting to catch on to some of the, the dangers of digital technology, but there's um, you know, a vast majority who still don't have a clue as to how all the uh, gadgets and the options on those gadgets have negatively impacted our lives. 
particularly as it pertains to parenting. Now, how has your book, The Digital Invasion, how's that been putting a dent in this awareness factor? Things going well? (laughs) It's going great. You know, um, I'm glad to see more articles and more books coming out on the subject. When we wrote it a couple years ago, we were pioneers in the field, and it was actually hard to write to find research. But, um, you know, since writing it, we've had so many parents and teachers and pastors contact us and saying, you know, I'm, I'm seeing this in our youth group. We're seeing this in our home. We're seeing this in our schools. Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do about it? So, as, as I was just telling you all, um, after writing the book, I did have an opportunity to start a Center for Digital Wellness here at Liberty University. And so we are the nation's first Center for Digital Wellness. And I decided to call it that and not Internet Addiction because I thought, well, it, it sounded so much more positive. But, sure. you know, we're trying to, through resources, through really focusing on um, the students here, on teaching parents, how do you um, embrace what technology can do for us but we don't really like what it's doing to us, and how do we keep that separated out? So, so is the center that you have just started, is it more an outreach of the university to help those with digital addictions, or is it uh, more a, a resource to equip uh, students, therefore future leaders, how to deal with this more sort of preventative situation? Yeah. maybe. Yes, we're looking at it from a preventative model. We are here for, obviously, our 13,000 residential students, our 100,000 online students, for the faculty, for the staff, because it's so interesting. You know, this isn't just something that's impacting the students. You know, we see babies addicted to iPads. We see grandmas addicted to Candy Crush. So we're really here for all age groups within our university, within our community, within the world. It's really a, a ministry for for all people, um, but we're focusing on how can we get people to practice digital wellness. You know, we walk them through 10 steps to digital wellness for the students, but also for the parents because they really are modeling to their kids every day, sure. and really it's, it's going to determine their children's use of these devices, and mm-hmm. that is just such an important piece for us to really um, be a resource to parents. And what people don't realize is when those 13,000 students walk through the door into the center, Sylvia collects each and every smartphone that comes in. It was a huge bin. I was just telling Rich, uh, over the weekend, uh, we had some relatives come down from the Chicago area, and uh, uh, I... I had my two, uh, well, my niece and my uh, my nephew uh, check their devices at the door. I said, I'll be taking those. And if you go on their Facebook page, you'll say, you'll hear hear them say, this is the most exciting, the best weekend I've ever had with my family. And uh, we we got some, I was just showing uh, Rich some video of it. So sometimes you got to just jumpstart these kids into this stuff and jumpstart the parents. They, they won't do it otherwise. Right. And I think that is is so great. And and I really am coming from being a parent myself. You know, as you said, that's our greatest credential. Mm -hmm. And and having a son who, um, you know, had a video game addiction and we're still, you know, stepping through some of that. And as a parent, I'm looking for resources for myself to figure this out. and, And how do we balance this use almost like, you know, a digital diet, digital nutrition? How do we eat the very best? How do we consume the best? And there's times where, you know, we need to just be off of it. Um, you know, when I started here in September, I realized very quickly that one of my main goals was to reclaim conversation. 
And God made that very clear. And I think that's what he's really wanting through the center in the core of, of our relationships is how can we really just reclaim conversation? I know we're having all the online conversations where the Generation C, hyper-connected, but what we're not having is just those conversations. And I, I really believe that, you know, that's what I'm doing here at the center. I think in our homes, that's what needs to happen is those face-to-face conversations and interaction. That's how God has made us, and that's how we really flourish and thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these people, uh, parents and kids alike, think that this is just a way of life. This is how things are done. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Richard Leahy or not, but uh, he he made a, a statement that um, today's kids are experiencing the same degree of uh, stress and anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. And this is what we're allowing our kids to go through. And uh, uh, you know, I think we need to wake up to this. But why do you think that so many parents allow their kids so much unencumbered access to digital technology? I talk with a lot of students who tell me that their parents are the worst. You know, that the oh, parent yeah. is the one yeah. that's texting and driving, and that yeah. you know, when they're at their baseball game and they look up to see the parent in the stand, you know, they've got their face buried in their phone, mm-hmm. and you know, you got to take the log out of your own eye. Yeah. And it really starts with dealing with how much time are you spending on your devices. And, and to be honest, to bring it home, you know, I was on my laptop until bedtime. I'm an author, a speaker. I've always got a project. Mm-hmm. And I was spending so much time doing good work. I wasn't surfing Facebook. I was working right. on my laptop. And my kids started looking at me and saying, look at mom, she's digitally invaded. And so I had to really close my lid. And I talk about that in my book. You know, There were times where I just shut my, the lid to my laptop and had to turn and say, I have got to be available. You know, I didn't know had, had my son been yeah. on the video game four hours, five hours. I didn't know. Yeah. And so th- I'm challenging them, but I'm also saying that's, you know, that's been my challenge too. Yeah. Well, I did that very thing yesterday, as a matter of fact. As you probably know, mm. I didn't realize we were having this interview yesterday. <laughs> I, I just got, I was just advised of it. And uh, uh, when I came home from the office, I had my laptop and my chair and my, my daughter, my, my uh, uh, wife and my son-in-law, my other daughter, who's going to be giving me my fourth grandchild here real soon. Mm-hmm. They all want to go out to eat. Oh, dad, come on, put it, put it away. And I'm like, I, but I got to get this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm putting it away. It'll get done. Now I had to get up at five this morning to get it done, but I, I got it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I say, and you tell me what you think of this. I, I say that mm-hmm. smartphones are adult toys and shouldn't be in the hands of our kids until they can afford to buy one on their own dollar. And when they're out of the house, I have a 17 year old daughter still at home. I said, you know what? If you can afford it, you still don't get it. Uh, not until you move out. And now, am I being over the top by by saying that? Why would I? I guess my point is, why would I want to give my daughter free access to Bob Guccione, Hugh Hefner, and Larry Flint all at the same time? Why would I do that? Mm. Well, I think you bring up a really good point, and I think that you know we need more discussions like this. I I think a lot of parents tell me, you know, no one's talking about it, and. And even in schools, you'll have parents with very different values and beliefs, just like at, at your center there. I'm sure, you know, you've got kids and their parents would say, you know, unlimited access, absolutely no access. So we're all kind of on different spectrums. And I, I appreciate you having the boldness to stand up and say that. And maybe another parent would say, you know, limited use or a dumb phone, mm-hmm. you know, that can just be used for calling. And I think it's honestly... You know, we have to steward this technology. It's a tool, just like money. It's not inherently evil. It's a tool. And I believe that we have to have convictions. I think I see way too many parents who have no convictions. They just don't 
they don't have any, they don't have any stand. So I think it's good to say that. And and I, I believe that at at the very least, the age that they get them, I mean, there's kids at at six and seven getting smartphones, you know, that is, is a real concern. And that, and, but just as concerning is even, you know, handheld video games, anything that accesses the internet. I, I don't think that parents realize that kids can access you know, pornography through a, through a handheld Game Boy. Right. And so um, anything where they have access, yeah. and they think, well, they're just down video gaming, but they can access anything That's on those right. devices. Sylvia, we've got to go to a break in a few moments, but uh, just for context, I mean, this is all so new in the scope of history. How does one know what healthy use of digital technology actually looks like? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, the results. <laughs> Um, I think that when you have a home where you are having conversation and that you're not having to say constantly, you know, put your phone down, we're having conversation, um, or, you know, for many parents, they say when they tell the child to get off of a video game or something that they have a fit and they, they, you know, get angry and start throwing things. And I think really looking for those symptoms um, to see. And I think the other thing that makes this so difficult is each child is different. So maybe, you know, Bobby can be on video games for an hour and he's two hours, whatever, he's fine. But maybe for the other child, it becomes a complete addiction. And so Mm -hmm. that makes it even harder if you have three, four, five kids to know each child. You know, your daughter may be more prone to getting a social media addiction. Um, So that's what's, what's really tough about it. There's no easy answer. Yeah, there's no standard, really, that uh, is across the board. It's going to fit everybody all the time. That's why it's so important to know your kids. And it's also important to point out, you mentioned the throwing a tantrum. That may be a sign of addiction, but it could also be just a sign of disrespect. So there may be separate issues that are all needing to be dealt with here. We do need to take a, a break on behalf of our stations. This is Licensed to Parent with our host, Trace Embry, and our guest today, Dr. Sylvia Hartfried author of the book, The Digital Invasion. Back with more conversation right after this. The world of digital technology is always changing, and it's changing you if you're comfortable with technology or not. Your kids may take technology almost completely for granted and rarely notice its effects. On the other hand, you may adapt to technology more slowly, but are affected by the digital invasion just as much as your kids. In the book, The Digital Invasion, How Technology is Shaping You and Your Relationships, authors Dr. Archibald Hart and Sylvia Hart-Fried uncover the ways digital technology is changing us from within, physically, mentally, and especially spiritually, and offers therapeutic and biblical strategies to become good stewards of our digital lives. The Digital Invasion also includes 10 pages featuring Trace Embry of Shepherds Hill Academy. Find The Digital Invasion in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. I'm Joe Dallas. So many men and women go into parenting blindly, without training, without education, without proper mentoring. More than ever today, there is a critical need for voices that are explaining to potential parents what it takes to raise a child and to existing parents what it takes to raise that child properly. Licensed to parent is part of the solution to the problem of a lack of proper parenting. 
and I'm very proud to be associated with that solution. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org. You're listening to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy with our host, Trace Embry. You can find us online, and uh, while there, sign up for our blog, our free e-newsletter, and find archives of past programs. Our website is licensedtoparent.org. Well, Sylvia, because we're those people, uh, being Christians, uh, a lot of people think that you know we're being prudish or old-fashioned, legalistic, or maybe pseudo-Amish when we talk talk about you know this stuff but in your book you cite scientific findings and talk about technology actually rewiring our brains now what exactly is technology doing to our kids brain circuitry Absolutely. So not to give too, too technical of a science lesson we have this new field called neuroplasticity which basically means that our brains can change for many years we thought our brains were fixed one of the things we talk about, and, and my dad really addresses this, he's an expert in neuroscience, and he talks about how our brains are evolving at too fast of a speed. So what basically that means is that our brains are being rewired for distraction and in turn addiction. So when you give a baby, a six-month-old, that device, that brain that hasn't even fully been able to develop for the real world is already being rewired to want that addiction. So let's just give you a picture here. It's like electronic cocaine to your brain. So every time you're getting a text or, or a tweet or you read a post, your brain's getting a shot of dopamine, okay, yeah. just like it would in, 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 in any other kind of addiction. So that's our feel-good hormone. And this is very, very addicting. And so it, and it's to go even deeper, it's, it's intermittent reinforcement, which is the most powerful addiction. What I mean by that is you get a a tweet or a post or something, and then nothing. Very yeah. much like gambling. Yeah. You pull the handle and sure. some money comes out, and then nothing comes out. The brain loves novelty, and it craves that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what you said with six-year-olds accessing Internet pornography. Your brain is your greatest sex organ, okay? So mm-hmm. rewiring that brain for those images, for that experience, as those children get older, they will not. We're seeing this here with, with young, young men that they're not even able to have sex, they, mm-hmm. even if they stay virgins till they're married, because that brain is already rewired for that experience that is very, you know, through the Internet pornography, through right. those images. So it's rewiring it not only from, from that standpoint, but for relationships so that we're coming to really expect more out of our technology than we do from each other. And that, to me, from a biblical worldview, is the most concerning. Yeah. Mm. Well, even the American Academy of Pediatrics says, don't even put a kid in front of a TV until he's two years old. And then very limited there. Uh, and I think parents uh, think they're ahead of the curve by putting Junior, you know, in front of an iPad at, you know, a year old. When in fact, the, the research shows that they're developmentally retarding their kids. And uh, that's that's dangerous. That's just yes. That's and let me fast forward to when I get their children here in, in college. This last year, a study came out with for our current freshmen that they 
you know, felt they were academically ready for school, but they were not emotionally and socially. Mm-hmm. And so the more time a child spends in front of the screen, the less emotional intelligence they are developing. And so, you know, again, really to encourage parents, and that's what I hope our talk does today, to encourage them to to have these boundaries in their own lives, to have family boundaries, and to realize, you know, like you said, it's not that we're trying to be Amish, that, you know, I'm not, and I told the kids here at school, I still call them kids, um, I'm not here to take something away from your life. You know, they'll look at you like, are you going to take my smartphone? I tell them, I'm here to add something to your life. I want to add value of teaching you emotional intelligence, of teaching you how to have a conversation, because this is impacting the workplace. We have a whole generation now of kids going out and getting jobs and having a hard time staying with jobs, having a hard time getting jobs. Some of them have bad digital footprints Mm -hmm. that are keeping them from getting jobs. So there's a lot I know we're throwing at parents, but it, it, it is yeah. worth it, and you, you can do it. It can be done. Yeah. I suspect that part of what needs to be done to try to set things up for a, a proper course in life for our kids is to establish some, some boundaries, to, uh, to establish some accountability, I'm guessing. What are some of the things that you recommend people do, and, and perhaps what are some of the things that you've done in your own home to, to try to avoid uh, these digital addictions? Absolutely. Here's a real simple one. Three digital free spaces in your home, your kitchen, your dining room, and your car. If, you, if a parent today listening just started with that, you know, when we're in the kitchen and mom's making cookies or dad's making pizza, you know, we're going to talk. We're going to have conversations. Mm-hmm. No one's going to be on their phones or devices. We're going to have conversations. When we, go t- when we sit down at a dining room and we're out eating you know, at a restaurant, we're paying not only for the food, but for the fellowship, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then in the cars, I see, you know, parents picking up their kids all the time from school and immediately, you know, juniors in the back with the earbuds. No, cars are time for conversation. How was your day? I know the kids will say, fine, yeah. you know, but this has happened with me with my own kids that I would say, you know, no devices in the car and they would be slow to start speaking, but, you know, we'd line up sitting 15 minutes in the garage after getting home because <laughs> once they started, yeah. They really crave it, and they don't even know. Right. It's like you don't know how thirsty you are till you have that big glass of water. That's right. They, they crave those conversations. Or you're on your way to church. There's five people in the minivan talking to five people outside the minivan. And, you, and you're like, what in the world's going on exactly. here? You know, this is not exactly getting us in, in the attitude of worship, but are there any circumstances where kids should be allowed to have electronics in the privacy of their own rooms? My feeling on that is I think that having a basket where everyone's phone goes at night or has a charger. And really, again, I know I've had parents tell me, you know, Susie's ostracized because everyone's texting during the night and there's group texts going on that she's not a part of. And, and, you know, of course, the younger you start this, the more normal it'll seem. Right. But at the same time, it's never too late. Again, if, if your child sees your heart that I'm really, you know, I'm doing this like with my son, you know, I want to see you succeed. I want yeah. you to be all that God has for you to be. I know you may not like me right now, and that's okay. That's really important for parents to be able to know that. That's okay. Yeah. Down the road, mm-hmm. you'll see I loved you enough to say you don't need that. And, and, yeah. and I just want to put a plug for my dad's book, Sleep It Does a Family Good. And we have a real sleep crisis mm-hmm. going on because so many of our kids are on the phone. In fact, we're even, we're even moving back the start time for Liberty next year for school because wow. these kids are too tired. Yeah. Um, so there's really not a lot of good that comes from phones, especially overnight, yeah. having them in their room. 
Sylvia, we are about out of time here, but uh, I do want to turn this around just a little bit. We talk a lot about what not to do. Don't do this. This is dangerous because of dot, dot, dot. What are some ways that digital technology, in your opinion, can be used to actually promote spiritual well-being? Mm. I'll give myself an example. I start my day with my one-year Bible and the New Living Translation on my phone. Um, I do use my phone as an alarm clock, but I don't go to Facebook and emails and Twitter and Instagram. I have all that here for the center. I really use that. I, I do my Jesus Calling. I do my streams devotional. Um, so there's so much there that can be accessed. And, and what I also want to say is there's a lot of ways to use technology to control technology. Exactly. Um, there's a lot of different apps, and parents can use um, rescue apps, parental control apps that will actually have the phones go off and shut down so that you can have the you know conversation. So I really think to use the technology itself to control the technology. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've got my sons here at, at college, and I, I love being able to text with them. Um, my daughter lives in, in, in Dallas. I FaceTime with her. So what I say is, you know, why don't you, instead of texting, FaceTime. You know, do use the technology Try Skyping. Do something that creates more of a face-to-face interaction and connection. And I think that's part of redeeming technology and and really practicing digital wellness, utilizing the very best face-to-face interaction that we can. But not at 3 in the morning unless it's a dire (laughs) emergency. (laughs) Well, I know we're about out of time, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to just talk about something you alluded to in your book about God's space. I think that's really important for our listeners to hear you talk about. You know, our last chapter in the book is called Protecting Your God Space. And so as we started doing the research of, of the neuroscience and how our brains are being rewired, my dad and I just really started seeing how, you know, our greatest concern was how this this overuse of technology is rewiring our God space. You know, we say we ask Jesus into our hearts, but where we really experience God is in our brain. And so as Psalm 4610 says, to be still and to know that he is God, if we are constantly distracted, if there's always noise, if there's always screens, you know, can we hear God's voice? And in all of this rewiring, as our brains are being so overstimulated, our concern is could our brains get to a place where we couldn't even experience God because we need silence, we need solitude, we need to be still and hear God's voice. So, you know, for your listeners to think about that in their own lives and with their kids, that, you know, space, you've you've heard, you know, white space, we need stillness, we need that time where there's no devices, where there's just stillness. Yeah, margin, I mean, that's what the kids are getting here at Shepherd's Hill, a chance, just a chance to contemplate, a Mm -hmm. chance to uh, sit still and and, uh, uh, hear from the Almighty. And on that note, we're going to have to call it quits for today and say goodbye to our guest. Dr. Sylvia Hartfried is a popular speaker, an author, and a counselor. She's also co-author, along with her father, Dr. Archhart, of The Digital Invasion, How Technology is Shaping You and Your Relationships, and also the workbook Overcoming Digital Addictions, A Digital Wellness Plan. Uh, you can find out more at thedigitalinvasion.com. And, uh... Dr. Freed, if we may be so formal, thanks so much for uh, for spending you. time with us today. Oh, thank you for this opportunity. It's great talking with you. And this is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis. To find out more, to subscribe to our blog and e-newsletter, or to hear any of our past programs, 
You can visit us online at LicensedToParent.org. And while you're there, as I've mentioned in past programs, please remember that we rely on your tax-deductible donations to continue our outreach here. We would be very grateful if you would consider joining us as a ministry partner by making a monthly or a one-time gift to License to Parent. You can do so securely when you click the Donate button. It's located at the top of the page at LicensedToParent.org. And thank you in advance. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us once again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.